Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. today's guest was on the podcast was in March of 2021, episode number 22 to be exact, when we discussed how to build your own dream network, even in a pandemic. Now that we are out of that era, or at least we hope we are, it was time to have networking expert and coach and author of Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relationships in a Hyper-Connected World, J. Kelly Hoey back for a return visit. Kelly's career has evolved from law to management to entrepreneurship. She has appeared on CNBC's Power Pitch, contributed to publications including The New York Times, Inc., Fast Company, and Forbes, and has worked with a range of organizations from Google to Capital One to Pfizer. One of the things I have always admired about Kelly is that not only does she have a great deal of wisdom and insight to offer when it comes to networking, she walks the walk. She's also a lot of fun, as you will find out as you listen in to today's episode. Kelly, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, it is so good to be here. You know, I was checking when I was doing my homework for this, and it was episode number 22 you were on in 2021. When you checked, were there like hieroglyphics on this cave wall that you were <laughs> looking at to see when the episode was? That does, isn't that so funny? It is, and it's just like time just goes so quickly, and I, I just, um, I really can't, I, I can't really get a good grasp on that, but... Um, you are a recognized expert in networking. You wrote a whole book on this subject, Build Your Dream Network, which you can get on Amazon and any place that uh, you can get books, I believe. Um, now you have a Substack newsletter, which we'll talk about a little bit later, which among other things that you share there is your quote, two cents on networking, which in all honesty, I think is worth more than two cents. Um, but I do want to talk about networking today and what it means in 2023. So we have a diverse listenership here. We have seasoned networkers like ourselves, and we also have younger people just starting out in their careers. So how do you define what it means to network in today's world that straddles both the online and the offline? And one of the things I always say is networking is every single human interaction. Mm, I don't think people realize that. Every touch point, because every touch point gives us a choice to make a connection. And, and there's phenomenal research um, being done, um, Jillian Sanderson, on you know the importance of those kind of casual, small talk, acknowledgement conversations. Uh, we both know from working in a very you know, crazy, vibrant city like New York, everyone's got a side hustle and they have had for years. So, you know, that receptionist, that barista, that intern, you don't know what else they're up to. And so those little interactions, be it a hello, a what are you up to, whether it's in person, whether it's in a text, whether it's all of those things can lead to fuller possibility, particularly if you know we approach 
each of those human interactions with generosity and curiosity. Yeah. And I think it's, I find it, I mean, it's not for myself because I kind of just make it a game and I will do this no matter whether someone's got their head in their phone or not. But I do think that technology, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, I think technology is not necessarily always helping us, but we can get to that in a couple of minutes. Oh, oh, I I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. So I recently read, and it's sitting right here so I can remember it, book called Wayfinding by Michael Bond. And it is a it really talks about, it's like the science of wayfinding. And when you think about the Polynesian sailors and early sailors, you know, how did they navigate, you know, the earth, you know, when we didn't have GPS and using technology, we talk about it, how it changes our brain, how it's changing our attention span. There's um, like place cells in our brain that are not being developed because we're relying on GPS technology. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, how you navigate through space, like not just how do I get to my friend's house for a party? How do you navigate through an office? How do you navigate through a physical space where a networking event may be? Now, this all starts to become important because the physical space can define our interactions. You can't navigate anyway. We could go on a tangent on that one. But anyway, you can see the things no. I think about. <laughs> no, well, first of all, and for those who don't are do not know Kelly and are listening, she is probably one of the most well-read people that I know. Um, and is always sharing that information in her Substack, which we'll get to that in a little bit too. So I'm right there with you. And we could go off on a tangent about it because I have this thing like get up, get your head out of your phones, everybody, because we're missing out on to me, which is a really precious part of life. And that, again, mm-hmm. that, that, that the minor interaction that may come to something someday. Um, so there's real value in net to networking that I'm sure everyone understands, or at least we hope to. Um, and you've written this on your LinkedIn profile, quote, design the career you're destined, destined to have around the relationships you're building today. End quote. You talk, I love that line. Can you talk about what that means? I mean, relationships are going to decide your path. What you see your possibilities are, they're going to provide you with insights and information that might feed into your career in terms of the job you're doing and how to do it better. They may cause you to pivot, steer somewhere else. They may recommend what you do. Like, you know, the idea that you submit a resume, you know, on an online portal and land your job, like, I mean, there's probably too many of your listeners and younger listeners or career change listeners who listen to your podcast and they're like head, you know, in their hands, you know, weeping because they know that story too much. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to play a numbers game with your career, don't play the numbers game of I send out 500 resumes, you know, play the numbers game of I spoke to five mentors and got some meaningful feedback. And based on that, those interactions made the next relationship, made the next relationship. So what are the relationships that you're building? What are the inputs you're getting around your career? Is the network around you diverse? And I mean that in all ways, shapes, Mm -hmm. forms, titles, geography, everything, so that you are getting a lot of good inputs and ideas about what you can be and listen to your network because that network may have more ideas about what your talents, skills, and capabilities are 
than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. So my network, I mean, it's not just, I mean, there's part because, yeah, my network's done this for me, but I've seen it for so many people that that it is a human being, somebody else who has been the catalyst for that domino reaction with their, you know, their, their venture, their career, whatever it may be. Well, I, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more because I think that other people see us differently than we see ourselves. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's because, you know, for myself, I can fall into imposter syndrome, even though I know that there's no real legitimate reason for me to. But again, I think we all suffer from that at points at different points. And yet someone else on the outside sees sees it and reminds you of that or points out what those what those um, those qualities are that you bring to the table and your attributes. And I also think what you know talked about the diverse table, I think that it's not just we you know, we think of diversity, we think of gender and 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 and. Um, and, and, and those types of things. But I, I think it's also having people of different ages in your life. This is my new mm-hmm. thing. Um, although the older I get, the less people that are going to be older than me. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But, you know, having people not just not just of your own age group, but people who are younger than yourself and older than yourself to help give you that perspective as well. I, I think that really adds into building a good network. Exactly. And different uh, sectors and different geography and different titles and different career paths because... Yeah, you know, they they someone might be doing something. And you're like, whoa, hold on a minute here, or they may be doing something in a completely different sector. Thinking about someone I interviewed in my book who is involved in diversity initiatives within the um, the sports field. Okay, uh, but when she would go to diversity conferences, she wouldn't go to the ones like diversity for those of you with or in professional sports. She went to the ones in all sorts of different industries knowing that those were likely, all right, here's the commonality. We care about this. Mm -hmm. And let's find out what's going on over in this profession, or let's find out what's going on over here, because there may be better lessons for me in terms of things that have happened than if I just hang around with people who are in the same, you know, the same slice within the same industry. Right. And technology feeds into that because algorithmically we're seeing in our feeds things that are like whatever it is that we've been doing or who we're necessarily connected with. And if we don't get out of that bubble, it's the same type of thing. And it's it's being, again, it's being fed to us on technology to kind of stay in that much more narrow scope than what you're speaking to. Right. And that's why, you know, when someone, you know, someone's small child like wants to play with your phone every once in a while, just let them. They're not going to break <laughs> Good it. Good idea. And they're going to mess up the algorithm. And that's so much fun. I know. I know. Well, that's what I say about my Instagram feed. I have a lot of my former students who like to connect with me there after class. So my Instagram feed is, is it's kind of interesting because I do learn more because of what they're up to. So mm-hmm. one of the things you talk about in your book is the importance of building genuine relationships. And I want to underscore the genuine because I see a lot of people attempting to build relationships, not necessarily with that in mind. So that's my own two cents in there. But what do you mean by that? Genuine could be something that is short term. Genuine could be, hey, Joanne, I know that you're doing this. I'm doing that as well. Let's combine forces Mm -hmm. to get this thing done. But that transparency on what that is, rather than thinking, oh, you know, Joanne, let me really help you out on this. And you're like, oh, I can smell this, the, the stickiness of how fake this is from a mile away, right? Um, so that's in terms of the genuine. The genuine also, I, I truly believe, are the things that will 
have the strength to last a longer period of time, which may seem Mm. like a contradiction to what I said before, but you could have a transactional relationship with someone like, hey, we can both help each other out. Let's get this done. There can then be a lapse of time. And then maybe circumstances arise again, say, oh, I've got this project or I've got this going on. I know who can help me with this. And you that's where you could reach out to someone and say, I know it's been 10 years since we worked, you know, we worked on that project together. I've got a similar scenario. You still, you know, you still in this biz. I would love to talk to you about it. Like that's genuine. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, when we think genuine, we have to know everything about them. And, you know, they starts delving into all of this. It's like, no, genuine is understanding what that what the other person is up to, what you're up to. And where's the Venn, like doing the Venn diagram of where's the point in contact? I'm thinking that business professional kind of transactional networking sense. Um, and again, I think with genuine particularly for women that getting comfortable that genuine relationships can stay at an acquaintance superficial level. They can, they can just float at the surface. We don't need to be intimately deep relationships with everyone who enters our life. I really like that. Networking at face value sounds easy, yet it seems to be something that many are uncomfortable with. And I'm not one of those people. I love to network. Um, but many people are do find it uncomfortable. And I see it a lot, especially with the younger generations coming up. It's just not, whether it's the technology has kind of screwed around with that or what, I'm not really sure. But why do you think people are so, get, get so uncomfortable with this idea? Because you have to deal with other people. <laughs> it's really simple. I mean, you, you can, people can, spit out lists of 10 things you need to do to network better, or here's a cheat sheet of, you know, five, you know, icebreaker questions, or here's how to work a room. But the fact of the matter is you have to deal with another human being. And unless you're, and that's scary because we're weird, we're squirrely, we're unpredictable. So you're thinking about that with the other person. You're all bound up in your own needs and, oh, my God, I got to do this thing. And yes, there could be the imposter syndrome that you mentioned before. It could be, you know, fill in any number of anxieties for a lot of people. Um, This activity that is a human interaction, but we get so bound in ourselves. And then the person you're going to interact with is probably feeling the same same way. And all of a sudden, you've just got like a recipe for, you know, this thing never is not going to work out. And for someone who goes into an interaction that way, they're so bound up in their own stuff and they've got some, you know, three little icebreaker questions that come off, you know, completely artificially. (laughs) And the person across from them is like, oh my God, I'm going to go to a networking event and someone's going to give me an icebreaker question that's going to cause me to do that resting bitch face that everyone tells me I do. And that (laughs) happens. And then they're both dissatisfied. And so they both walk away and say, this networking thing sucks. And, you know, as opposed to showing up in a situation and being human, but showing up in a situation and being human, if you're anxious about networking or why you find it hard, it's like that dream you have, everyone has at some point in their life that they show up in their, you know, or maybe those of us who finished high school, let's give, you know, privilege and my limited mindset here. Um, that dream that you have, that you show up at your high school and you're at your locker and you're under in your underwear, right? Like, like <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, you're feeling really like exposed. So, why is networking hard? Because it's a human activity. 
And there is no predictability to that. So, you know, people say, oh, networking, it's easy. It's not rocket science. Oh, no, rocket science is easy. Not that saying it's not very difficult not and challenging <laughs> and it's not, and I'm not diminishing <laughs> rocket science, but that's mathematics. Now, rocket science, when you're dealing with astronauts and what they need, now that's going to start getting more difficult because you got the human factor in here. But if we're just talking applied mathematics versus human weirdos, like networking is harder in my mind. Do you think um, that it's part of it is that you need to feel comfortable in your own skin in order to really get the benefits of networking and also be curious? I'm, I'm very big on curiosity. That's how I approach it. I'm always oh. curious about things. Yeah. But it's also coming, you know, if you're, if you're in a place where you feel good about yourself, not necessarily good about yourself, but you're coming from a, you know who you are, it's easier to network than when you're uncomfortable or that you feel that you have no business being there or you feel so, I, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but I think. You, you, know, you know, but I think, I think, I think you're absolutely right. But I think it's also one of those things that for anybody who is, and I'm saying, let's just take a step back. I think everyone needs to realize that there is a level of anxiety mm -hmm. because as human beings, we want to be accepted and we want to be welcomed in. And a lot of times when we are at big networking events, a conference, a new class, a meetup, whatever it may be, we may be walking in there for the first time. And the way everyone sort of positions themselves and the way people talk in their own protective cocoons, it can be exclusionary to other people. Mm -hmm. I also think we get bound up in labeling of, oh, I can't do this. I must be an introvert, right? Oh, so-and-so is good at it because they're an extrovert extrovert. And we look at it as like two extremes, where I think it's more of a sliding scale. Mm -hmm. There are times when we're in community and it is feeding us and fueling us that we are probably, you know, displaying more on the extroverted side, even if we don't naturally feel that way. And other times we walk into an environment and all systems shut down. Mm -hmm. you know? And whether that is, you know, our ancient an ancestors, you know, are you friend or foe? All those kind of, all those mm -hmm. sensory, because, you know, we think about networking, we think about what we're going to say, but really when we think about it as a human interaction, we're taking in more data points about who the people are around us than just with our eyes, you know, your ears, mm -hmm. you know, all, every sense, every part of our body is taking in information. So we may think, okay, I'm prepared for this event or I'm prepared to deliver my dissertation. I'm prepared to do whatever. And you walk in and you look at everybody and your body just goes, hold on, <laughs> right? And you freeze up, okay? So, but I think there's a, a number of things there, but, you know, you know, it's just be easy on yourself. It's usually the advice I give to people. Like you walk into a room of strangers, chances are 99% of them have some degree of the same anxieties that you do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I'm i a big believer that a little bit of anxiety in those situations is a good thing. It's just a question of channeling it so it works for you. I, I, yeah. I, can, I can still get nervous. I have new classes. As we're recording this, my classes are starting in the fall. This won't 
people will be listening to this after that. But I know even as long as I've been teaching, I'll get a little bit of anxiety with each first class session that I go into. And it'll last for about, you know, a minute or two and then it's gone. But it still happens. Um, yeah. And it certainly would happen if I was standing in front of a room. Actually, I get more nervous in front of my peers than I do in front of anybody else. It's, when I'm in front of strangers, I find it much easier. Um, do you think that technology helps to ease the discomfort or is it contributing to the to it, uh, the misuse of it? Because I think there's, as you and I have talked about and we'll get into, there's a, a definitely a misuse of it, especially with these pushy attempts that sneak in to my inbox. I think technology has been a great enabler in terms of being able to help people expand and make connections and open doors that would have not been open before. And I believe it has been a great magnifier of bad networking behavior. <laughs> if you would not say it to someone's face, don't put it in a DM. If your first introduction to someone, would you walk up to someone for the first time and say, let's connect on LinkedIn. Here's my URL. Probably not, because that makes you sound like, you know, fill in the blank, like makes you sound like an idiot. But that's what the first thing people will do and put into a Zoom chat. Like, who are you? Like, it, so it, use these, facilitate these behaviors like human beings. And if you, I mean, if you wouldn't say it to someone's face or if someone said it to you in person and you would be like, what a complete idiot, then why are you doing it? So, yeah. So I think you to answer your, your question, is it, does it help or hinder? It's like, yes and yes. It, sometimes it reminds me and many people listening wouldn't even know what this means, but they used to be, and they probably still are, these old chamber of commerce when I first started selling events in, in the different cities that I was in. And people would come up to you and they just like push the business card in your hand here, you know, I, I do this, I do this, and then walk away. And that's kind of the same type of thing that I see happening online, only I find it even more annoying for whatever reason, because in this case, it's cluttering up my inbox. Oh, no, I totally agree. There, there are people who do that. And, and I'm also laughing because of helping a friend move recently. And, you know, if you're the, you know, plumber, the electrician, the painter, please leave your business card like in the door or in the mailbox or, you know, come by and go, hey, just moved in. Here's this. Because got to tell you, having a stack of those to flip through when you need them are really handy. <laughs> They are. They are really handy. I was just listening to something earlier that said that those are the jobs that probably are going to survive whatever AI comes down the pike as people who actually can do some sort of manual labor in that in that respect. <laughs> um, I find, especially, and this kind of goes into what we we're talking about in this online network scenario, that people are approaching it as transactional, that what can I get instead of what you can give? And if you're building the right relationships, it should become a win-win, in my humble little opinion. You're living proof of that. To me, you are one of the few people I know who actually walks the walk. You never, don't approach it for what's in it for you, but for what I can do for you. And I, and I see that I've known you a long time now. I don't know how many years, but it's been a long time. It's probably at least 10. So It's amazing can, can, how long we've known each other and we haven't aged a minute. Okay. Uh, not a minute. Not a minute. Not a, a minute. minute. <laughs> 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 oh. But yeah, like these, these, these really, like the same thinking. Yesterday I got a, you know, message on LinkedIn. Now it could be, possibly be something I may have 
been interested in related to women's leadership group, related to women's leadership group at a local college. They were looking for advisory board members. And there was very much, well, listen, uh, you know, saw you in this group and looked at your profile and you do this stuff and they're looking for advisory board members and you can get more information if you just on this calendar and do this. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, ask me, like, Kelly, have you heard about this advisory group? Have you, I know it looks like you're writing another book on this. You know, I have no idea if you have the time or capability, but um this I'm thinking might be some reasons why you'd want to do this. Here's why they'd love, probably love, be interested in someone with your background. Any interest in learning some more on this? So I think that kind of that dance that you have when you think about networking of that curiosity and kind of tell me more. And I want to learn a little, like, you know, someone says something at a party and they're like, Okay, you said you're fine, but you look. Re- I'm certain. Sorry to say, you look really tired. Like, you know, that was a <laughs> She's big. She's not sigh. talking about me. She's not talking you know, no, about no, no, me. No, but you know, like when someone says, "Oh, you know, yeah, I'm fine," and you're like, "Really?" That was a big sigh and a lot of relief when you said that. Oh, I got this big paper, and oh, big paper for what? Right? Like all of a sudden, you know, you can you can turn small talk into bigger talk because mm-hmm. of bigger curiosity. So yeah, these people slipping in in these in DMs and and people sending stuff and and they're they're, they're fishing to see maybe their intentions are right that there's might be something there, but it's like hey, you might be interested. Here's the Calendly and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, what is this? You're now you've now given me a whole lot of work to do to figure out perhaps if I am interested in this and our brains, which, you know, besides doing the, you know, fight or flight kind of thing, our brains that consume most of our calories on an individual, on any single day, our brains that are energy conservation machines before they are flight or fight machines, they see a bunch of work and they're like, whoa, not going there. Not going there. We are going to shut it down. It's like why we take the same route to work all the time. Don't have to think about it. The brain's mm-hmm. like, good, I can conserve energy. Someone throws something in that could possibly be interesting. Our brains are like, whoa, that's a lot of work, Kelly. You're going to have to go and see if this college is any good. Do you want to look at their USA Today rankings? Do you want to look up this? Do you want to look up that? Oh, and then you're going to have to pull up the Calendly, and then you're going to have to look at the other Calendly. Like you can all of a sudden see the brain going, you don't want to do this. This is work. This is hard. And it shuts it all down. So anyway, my digression on all of this and thinking of why this all happens. But, you know, if people just kind of took a, like, I don't have to take a shortcut saying, hey, Kelly, think you'd be good for this. Here's a Calendly. That's going to lead to no versus Kelly, are you going on any advisory boards? You know, and if you are, is it this? Are you interested? Would you be interested in learning more about a women's leadership yeah. advisory board position exactly. at a local college? Because I think you might be a good candidate and they're looking to, you know, like baby steps, baby steps into seeing whether or not someone's interested. Well, it's, you know, it's what, it, and it's kind of goes back to the basics of storytelling. It's like, what's going to hook you in? 
And instead of, you know, vomiting everything I want to say on the table and saying, hey, here it is, because that's really what it is. They all should be reading a lesson. They should all be reading Smart Brevity, which is um, a fantastic book on getting to the point more. But um, the Calendly links make me crazy. Like, why would I even want to spend time with that? I And I think another thing that happens oh, is- no, to stop, I'm going to stop you there. It's like, you're asking for Joanne's time. Ask her when she's available, not, yeah. hey, here's my Calendly. Like, I can understand, like, if you had said, to, I think you, I'm trying to remember how we scheduled this podcast. Well, but I if you do said use today, a Calendly link, but I asked yeah, you yeah. first. <laughs> but, 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 but also, too, if you had said, I'm going to send you, you great, Kelly, you've agreed to come on my podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to send you the Calendly link that I use for the podcast. Pick the exactly. best time for you. That's totally cool. But- you know, somebody else I can understand with their biz, you know, with maybe things they've got going on, whatever else, but complete and utter stranger wanting my time and expertise. And you're tossing your Calendly link with no other information other than think you would be good for this. Schedule a time to learn more. You know, you can imagine after living in New York since 1998, the profanities that came out of my mouth as I hit delete <laughs> on that LinkedIn. Oh, no, I, 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 I have conversations verbal conversations in front of my computer all the time. But I also think that one of the things that happens and it happens for me because of what I do, because I do teach marketing and I teach digital marketing is that so often all they're doing is putting in a keyword search and they have no idea what I actually really do because my profile has a lot of words that might, you might think that I'm doing SEO optimization, but that's, yes, can I... Do I cover that in my digital marketing class? Absolutely. But that's not what I do. So that's all they're doing. They're pulling it up. And, and I, sometimes I think I should just write to LinkedIn and say, really, you need to teach these people how to use your service better. But that's just... Yeah. Well, the, you know, what you think about you know, some bad uses of technology mm -hmm. and advances in technology where people are just scraping and doing whatever. I have a funny little story on that. Someone uh, who had responded to one of my sub stacks and he said, oh my God. He said, and I got one recently. He said, because he is in alumni relations at the University of British Columbia, there's the key word there. He said, <laughs> the number of, of spam outreach he gets for people wanting to sell him coffee. Oh. Because of, he's like, it might be because of the word Columbia. <laughs> No, but it's true. I thought you were going to tell me Columbia University uh, because it was just like they weren't even yeah. thinking, but coffee, there you go. Yeah, Columbia coffee. And they're like, so he gets all this stuff all the time that people want to, you know, sell coffee to him or buy coffee or do something with coffee. And he's like, we're, we're in a alumni relations for a university. Where, where is this? What, what, huh? Yeah. Anyway. I got something from someone the other day that wanted, um, was offering for me to upload my resume so that she could tell me what was good about it or what wasn't good about it. And I'm thinking, do you know what I do? <laughs> do you understand when, when, that yeah. personal branding is my thing? So I, you don't have to explain to me, and I have my own viewpoints on resumes. I think they're necessary evils, but they're not going to get you a job. At our point in our careers with our networks, our experience, our profiles, yeah, every once in a while, someone's like, do you have a resume? And I'm like, really? But the chances mm -hmm. of us having to have what this person thinks that they were going to advise you on, it's that's really funny. 
No, I know. You, you have to have Every now and then someone wants it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I have to go update it again. Um, so, but what do you do with these people? I mean, I, I ignore some some of them, most of them. And then every now and then, if I'm on one of my, I really, if they really get under my skin, I'll send them a note back and give them a lesson. I had a network. And <laughs> yeah, so, so I love it. My, um, my pal, Allison Levine, who I interviewed in my book, she often responds with, you know, have you read Kelly Hoey's book? Here's the link. Because I think, think you could really use this advice and guidance because this That's is all cool. wrong. So I know. That's a great I, I love idea. For, I, I love her for doing that. Um, I love what my pal Joyce Sullivan does when she gets random LinkedIn requests from people she doesn't know. She will respond with a, I'm flattered you wanted to connect with me. Could you tell me why? Mm, yeah, I've done that. And nine times out of nine, nine times out of ten, she hears nothing, and then on the tenth, someone will actually do what they should have done in the first place. Yes, Joyce. Oh, thank you for asking. Here's the reasons why I'd like to connect with you. Hello. Why don't you do that in the first place, and you would have saved yourself, you know, and Joyce a lot of time. Yeah. No, but it's it. But they don't necessarily because no one wants to take the time to actually do the work. But that's probably a whole well, other podcast know, the, episode. <laughs> Well, well, this is, I think this is where you get back to, like, you have to look at, there isn't like online networking and in-person networking. It's all making a human connection. Mm -hmm. So I think there's times where people will, like the same idea of having an icebreaker question. It's like this shield. Like, you know, if I just use this standard question, or if I just do the request to connect without saying anything and they ignore it, oh, Okay. You know, like it's not me and you can, you know, they, oh, they were likely weren't going to respond anyways. Like we can, you know, this this thing of about being rejected, we can almost, well, they weren't going to respond. We can almost fulfill that mindset rather than saying, you know what, let me take a chance that they're going to connect. And how, how can I improve my chances of making a connection? You can be authentic. You can be real. You can be human. And that's a, that's a vulnerable place to be. You know, this is kind of somewhat related. I'm just curious. You're, and I love this newsletter that you've been, that you've started up again. Again, I'm very inspired to to uh, get myself going on that myself now that I'm done my book. But um, would you say that that's a way to network, or is it more of just building your personal brand, or or maybe it's both? I don't know. Uh, I think there's no difference. I mean, you know, from ah. building your personal personal build. I mean, as you know, with your expertise, when people say, you know. Uh, in terms of marketing, you know, when some you know companies saying, you know, we're going to you know build the company's brand, your brand is what the consumers say it is. Um, your network, you know, like in terms of your personal brand, is what your network says it is. So if you say, oh, I'm an open, caring person, and your network's like, uh, excuse me, you can put whatever <laughs> color you want in your website, you can whatever use whatever tagline you like, but you're a first class jerk, right? So, I mean, think, why do we ask for references? Oh, yeah, I'm a team player. I'm a this, I'm a that. The references are all like, um, yeah, I can give you dates of employment. <laughs> Right. So what happens in those scenarios? So I don't think you build your personal brand by how you engage with the world. What's the job you do? How do you show up? How do you deliver? How do you collaborate? How do you like that? You know, 
It builds your personal brand, right? (laughs) So you can make that first great impression of your brand, but how do you fulfill it after that first interaction or that first promise when you deliver your product? So it's what your network says it is. So I don't think there's any difference between those two things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I also wonder often if the depth of connection that makes networking to me so valuable can be achieved to the same level working from home or in a hybrid environment as we were able to do when we were in an office all day and had more opportunities for good old fashioned face-to-face. What do you think? You know what, let me just go back to the last question. So doing the newsletter is probably all of those things. I'm doing all those things again. And it was like the spark to do it again after just like, what do I have to say? And doing it on Substack as opposed to doing it on some other platform, just the generosity of just giving away the information and giving, having a place to explore mm-hmm. and see how it is that I want to connect and not wanting to do it in the same way and just seeing, seeing where it takes us. Um, I think what this hybrid technology, tech, tech first for some people, um, hybrid environment has shown us all over the past few years is a how important human relationships are mm-hmm. b that it takes time and see that it's a lot harder than oh just go out and do it <laughs> right again revealing the complexity of who and what we are right. and i also realizing that you know this one dimensional screen well it does give us an insight into people's lives and homes is a lot of people saw that. We, how many, you know, incidents there's that, you know, BBC reporter talking on the Chinese economy and then in comes marching his daughter, you know, that kind of thing. Like, all right, here's the dude in the suit who we, you know, trust for this trusted information. And guess what? He's just a dad who's got the same messiness that the rest of us have. Always good to see. But again, I think, that realization that we take in more information when we um, are in person, we take in more information if we intend to take in more information. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of work. And it is, in my mind, really good work to do. Mm -hmm. So rather than saying, oh my God, this is hard. Yes, it is hard. Just take it a relationship at a time, just a relationship at a time. Right. Don't worry about the numbers, the followers, the, you know, all of that kind of the number of connections. Just who's in front of you, be present, a relationship at a time and build that network you need around your career. And and so much of it is all tied into so many other things that we talk about, because, again, it's not just that numbers that's marketing 101 anymore. It's the engagement. It's what that can, mm-hmm. which is what we talk about in marketing. But it's the same thing, because essentially when you're networking, you are marketing yourself. That's. That, that's that's what you're doing. And it's the, the, the type of connection that you're having, not just the fact that, oh, yeah, I know that person. Well, that's nice. But, you know, can you pick up the phone and have a conversation with them? Not that anyone necessarily picks up the phone without sending a text message first and saying, can you talk? Which is, you know, that's a that's definitely a, a fact of life in, in our new world here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we what is it? Pew has done research that if we don't recognize the number, we won't pick up. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. And I've actually missed a couple of important calls because of that. And but I figure if you know what, if it's that important, I will they'll leave me a message and I'll get I'll get back to them because there's too much garbage that comes through. Another place yeah. garbage in, garbage out. Um 
So you know, we could talk about this for forever, but um, I want to kind of sum up here and then go through a little lightning round with you. Okay, got it. So, which I don't think I was doing back when you were on the first go round of this. Um, can you share some practical strategies for creating and nurturing authentic connections in the digital age? Because it is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the good news is with the digital age, your network leads leaves lots of bits and pieces of what's going on in their life mm-hmm. or what like they leave bits and pieces around. Be curious about the bits and pieces that they're leaving around. It's a curiosity. Right? Like send them a text message. Hey, you haven't posted this in a while. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you mentioned my Substack. I absolutely love it. Janet Hansen, founder of 85 Bro- Broads, woman we both know really well and love and adore for everything that she did. She loves to comment and does comment on, you know, my book recommendations and things I put out through my Substack. Janet and I have conversations in the comments. Mm-hmm. So these things, these these digital assets, these the stuff people are putting out there are opportunities to connect in a meaningful way. So this is where, like, how do you maintain your networks? See what they're doing. Be curious, right? Maybe do more than just like something, like engage in a conversation or message them. Kind of be kind of little, you know, Sherlock Holmes and sort of, hey, what's going on with your life when you haven't seen that someone hasn't posted no. in a while or hasn't done things or, you know, I ugh, I jumped on the, the website or the platform formerly known as Twitter this morning because I thought, oh, it's been a while since I've been there. Um, I sort of feel like someone at a bar who's left their half drunk drink <laughs> on a coaster at a ta- at their stool and said they were going to the bathroom for a minute and hasn't come back for like six hours. Um, so, someone's still sitting there. Yeah, they're still sitting there. We haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, that would be me. And then I saw that someone had commented again about my Substack in a message on link on on site platform, known formerly known as Twitter. And so I was like, oh, sorry, like. I'm barely here anymore. Mm-hmm. Glad you liked it. And now I probably won't jump back on that platform for, you know, like now that I've taken a little sip of my beer sitting on the, I always think of Twitter, like back in the day, like a, you know, like a bar or a cocktail party where you went in and you could be in part of all these great conversations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now it's the bar under new management. And you're like, Oh God, is anyone yeah. I know here? Is there, who's, who's the crowd at this moment? Do I dare step in? Well, so yeah, that's exactly. I haven't been there. I left last November when um, Musk took over. I wanted no parts of it and I haven't missed it at all. And it hasn't yeah. hurt my brand, my business. In fact, if anything, it's healthier. It's, it's not as distracting. Well, we didn't have Twitter back in 2005, 2006, 2007-ish. Didn't it come around? I think I got on it in 2009. Me too. I think it was 2009. I mean, you know what? Guess what? Something else will come along. Well, well you like, let's, let's be curious and see what it is. Let's roll. Well, the people, you know, anyway. Yeah, I like the bar analogy, Next. though. I'm kind of off on that right now because the bar analogy is like, you know what? They shut down and then there's a new hot spot. It's right. well, I yeah, really like like clubhouse that was a, Yeah, that clubhouse was a spot. For, you know, like this, they, it, where, where'd that go? But there's there's different <laughs> things. And then there's like, yeah, that's a good bar for those people. I appreciate it, but not for me. And then, you know, but Twitter was a great you know, it was it was a great cocktail party where you could, based on being a good listener and having something intelligent to say, you could get invited into all sorts of different conversations and cocktail parties. And that's where I say about technology opening doors. Mm-hmm. So we'll just be curious to see what's next. Anyway, 
Okay. We could talk about that for hours and I know, maybe I think you'll that's invite a whole me back and we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I would like to finish up with a little lightning round of questions. Starting okay. with, and this is pretty funny right now, given what we're just talking about, because I know it, it's not, favorite social network. Mm, I think at the moment, the one I turn to most reliably is uh, LinkedIn. As any good networker would say, <laughs> from a business standpoint, definitely. Yes. You know what? It's like a solid Clydesdale horse, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's got its warts and flaws, and it's also got things that work really well and that's probably the one. Yeah. yeah. I like that Clydesdale horse. We'll have to tell LinkedIn that. Um, something people would never guess about you. Oh, well, they know I'm Canadian and I live in New York and I'm a middle child. Oh, I had my name changed when I was a child. Oh, I so was yeah. born in Christi- born in Christian Catherine Jane. Catherine spelt with a C and two A's. And I was called Jane. And then I had my name changed when I was around three to Julia Kelly. All right. I did not know that. And I've known you a long time. So great, great. So you, you need to write a blog. You need to write a sub stack about that. Um, I, I, I don't know what you're going to say in this one, because I don't think you do this much. Last series you binged? Oh, actually, you know what? The series that I really love, um, Michael Pollan's series Cooked on Netflix. Oh, okay. Really, really, really good. Um, and uh, it's kind of along the line of salt, fat, acid, heat, uh, but sort of ferment. One of them was on um, entire episode on fermentation. And when you watch it and the conversation with a woman who is a microbiologist and a nun <laughs> and her comment on how science and religion slash spirituality go together beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful. You're amazing. Okay. Last book you read. <laughs> um, Money Zen by Manisha Takor. A food you can't live without? This tea, cup of good cup of it, good cup out in the morning. Does that count as food? Yeah. Well, I need, I need my tea. I need my tea every, I think, every I think, morning. I think food is tea. I think coffee is food. I can't have, I can't get up. And I wouldn't be able to speak right now if I hadn't had my, uh, my, my cu- double yeah. dose of coffee. A, a good cuppa always makes me happy. <laughs> and lastly, what motivates you to get up in the morning? Possibility. Oh, love that. Love that. Love that. It has, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Where can people find you? I'll put all of these links, of course, in the show notes. Um, so please let yes. us know best places. If people go to my website, jkellyhoey.co, that's J-K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-E-Y.co, everything is there from how to get on my Substack list to old blogs to podcasts to my email address to reach out with questions to everything is there. Well, there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Always amazing to have a conversation with you. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are, 
isn't enough to keep you there. 